Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You want to know why? Because Jesus warned us that in these last days, there will be many false Christs. There will be many fake messiahs. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to give you three ways, three distinct ways that you can recognize a false teacher or prophet. Because let us not be mistaken, the same problem that was going on in Jesus' day is going on in the modern apostate church today. Church leaders, just like them Pharisees, want all the recognition, the homage, and the worship. And not only that, but the 21st century apostate church want to exalt their families too namely their wives. So before we get into it today, let's just hit this tradition of men that is running rampant in churches today because the church, the real church of the Lord Jesus Christ should have absolutely nothing to do with secular practices. Out there in the world, men of power, namely in the office of the president in the United States, their wives are called first ladies. The church ain't got no business heaping on titles unto themselves, whether it be pastor, bishop, elder, reverend, minister, first lady, because don't let them fool you with the fivefold ministry that they must take on these titles 
in order to teach the body of Christ. All it does, it takes all of two seconds to read what Ephesians 4 was talking about. Those titles are function functions of administration that Jesus, as he ascended, gave to the body of Christ as gifts. Never, never did he at one time told men to take these offices of functions as titles and put it before their names. Never did he tell men to exalt their wives as first lady. Folks, we better wake up and smell the corruption for what it is. We are to call one another brothers and sisters. Jesus told us, do not call anyone teacher. We already have one. Folks, let me just calm down because I feel it. I feel the hammer is about to come out today because for some odd reason, we, my hand is raised. Y'all already know my story coming out of that prosperity, word of faith, damnable gospel. Okay. We, we can no longer allow ourselves to be deceived by wolves and sheep's clothing who think that because they went to a seminary school, they have <clears throat> they have all the say when it comes to these scriptures. They believe because their minds are so puffed up with man's knowledge that you can't tell them anything. And according to them, oh, most certainly my wife should be highly exalted. She's first lady. Folks, let us not be mistaken. There is no body that is first in this body of Christ. The only person that gets the preeminence is the Lord Jesus Christ. He and him alone is the head of his body. The first, the quote unquote first lady did not die for your sins. The senior lead pastor CEO did not die for your sins. Jesus says that if I be lifted up, all men shall come unto me. And so this is just the tip of the iceberg. What I want to talk about today, because these synagogues of Satan love to put on titles is vainglory, folks. A sister in Christ over there on Motivating You to Win, she has an awesome YouTube channel. Recently, she had put up this posting about how the title of First Lady is not even in the Bible because it is not. 
Christ Jesus did not authorize anybody's wife to be called first. You're talking about pride and arrogance. Folks, those so-called places of worships are nothing more than cults. And cults have first ladies. Folks, it is not in the Bible. We got to understand that first lady is a tradition of men who seek their own honor and glory and their wives too. Oh, be not mistaken. These are modern day, quote unquote, Christian cults. The pastor and his wife are exalted over the entire fellowship. Usually they are very educated in Bible knowledge and celebrated as the first family of the congregation, which is in direct violation of the teachings of Paul to the Corinthian church. Clearly exalt, exhorting that there should be no schism. There should be no divisions. There should be no branch offs. There should be no church home. We should not be running around here talking about, oh, Bishop, Pastor, so-and-so. Oh, he's my bishop. Oh, Pastor Pete. Oh, he's my pastor. Paul was like, no, don't do that. Listen, Jesus already gave the command. We are not to call anyone teacher. We have one teacher and he's in heaven. And the father sent the Holy Spirit to teach us everything we need to know about these scriptures and he came to highlight and glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit did not come to highlight and glorify the pastor and his wife, a.k.a. First Lady, the first family. No, absolutely not. So, no one should be lifted up but Jesus Christ, the one who died for the sins of the world. Folks, listen, we must study 1 Corinthians 12, 25, because when Sister Sharon put up that post, it just reminded me once again that I must hit this again on the podcast. To the glory of God, Unless he changes the the mission and the focus he has given me, oh, we we are going to stay on this teaching because that's the problem. You have a lot of false brethren wanting to argue you argue you down about their favorite wolf because. As long as you keep pointing out the obvious, that person is a wolf in sheep's clothing. They are preaching another gospel. But for the fact that these false brethren love to, to have their ears tickled, 
Oh, they will come for you. But nonetheless, this is scripture that we are to mark and avoid them. So before we get into the shenanigans that is going on down at the apostate church, because folks, you have a lot of well-meaning followers of the Lord Jesus Christ being deceived and led astray in these churches. I'm telling you, they are very charismatic. They are prolific. Oh, you would think that they are the best thing since sliced bread. We must be clear. Jesus and his apostles gave us warning after warning about a wolf in sheep's clothing and they have a they have exhorted us to not be deceived so let us pray father in the name of christ jesus we love you thank you for your wisdom Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for our salvation, Father. May may we never allow ourselves to be led astray. We know from the Gospels that the Pharisees, the elders, and the scribes were always looking for a sign from our Lord and Savior Jesus to prove who he was, even though he made it absolutely clear to them that he was sent by you from heaven. They refused to believe him because they could not wrap their puffed up minds around the fact that Jesus spoke with authority and correctly taught the scriptures to the amazement from the people, they were stumped. And with great contempt, these Pharisees questioned aloud as to how could Joseph's son be so learned in the scriptures. Father, we see it in John 7. 15 to 19, then the Jews were perplexed. They said, how did this man become learned? So versed in the scriptures and theology without formal, formal training. Jesus answered them by saying, My teaching is not my own, but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know whether the teaching is of God or whether I speak on my own accord and by my own authority. He who speaks on his own accord seeks glory and honor for himself. But he 
who seeks the glory and the honor of the one who sent him. He is true and there is no unrighteousness or deception in him. Verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law? And yet not one of you keeps the law. Why do you want to kill me for not keeping it? Father, Jesus said in verses 28 to 30. Then Jesus called out as he taught in the temple. You know me and know where I am from. And I have not come on my own initiative as self-appointed, but he who sent me is true and him you do not know. I know him myself because I am from him. I came from his very presence and it was he personally who sent me. So they were eager to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Glory be to God. Father, we have modern day Pharisees who want to rule the church with their man-made traditions and doctrines of devils deceiving the people till this very day. But glory be to your name that Jesus told us in Matthew 24, 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And then in verses 23 to 26, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. Verse 24, for false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand, there, therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out, or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Amen. So Father, oh Heavenly Father, we know that there's a false church system at work in these last days. Father, Jesus gave us the heads up that there will be many false Christs, many false prophets coming in his name to deceive many even the elect, if it were possible. So, Father, may your people be alert. May we be sober-minded, repentant, and test every spirit to see if they are from God. 
Have mercy on your people, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And Father, I give you glory, adoration, and exhortation. I ask for wisdom, Father. We highly exalt your holy name. I ask for wisdom to teach today's lesson. May the Holy Spirit move on me, open me up to the scriptures so that so that I may have discernment and clarity of mind so I may not be deceived by these wolves and charlatans in the pulpit. May your people come together in this fellowship to glean from one another as iron sharpens iron. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So here we go. Romans 16, 17 to 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them for they are for they that are such serve not our lord jesus christ but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple amen listen Y'all know that we can put a period right there, right? And just all go home. But nope, we got kingdom work to do. Today's question on the floor, how can I recognize a false teacher, a false prophet? Okay, so listen, Jesus warned us, right? That false Christs and false prophets will come and will attempt to deceive even God's elect. We see that in Matthew 24 verses 23 to 27, right? And also 2 Peter 3 verse 3 where it says, Knowing this first of all that scoffers will come in the last days, with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. Hmm. And then we see Jude 17 to 18 that says, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. So the best way, the best way to guard yourself against falsehood and false teachers is to know the truth. To spot a counterfeit, you must study the real thing. Any believer who correctly handles the word of truth that means we must be in the word of God for ourselves 
to study, to show ourselves approved, so that if you are so moved to go to a brick and mortar building for church fellowship, once that man standing up there in the pulpit starts with the nonsense, the high sign, the high sounding nonsense that Colossians 2, 8 warns us of, you can grab your hat, your coat, and exit stage left. Look, 2 Peter 2, I mean, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Amen. Folks, we must make careful study of the Bible so that we can identify false doctrine. Because if we are not first in this word for ourselves, it is so easy to be duped, rape, rob, and fleece of every dime you will ever have by these wolves and sheep's clothing. You want to know why? Because they are so charismatic. They they are funny. They they are well-spoken. Oh, they are very pr- prolific. Oh, make no mistake. Okay? They have the gift of gab. They know how to effectively depart you from your money. Oh, make no mistake. Look, for example... A believer who has read the activities of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look, Matthew, Matthew 3, 16 to 17. Let me just open this up. Look, it says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my, is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Amen. So you as a follower of Jesus must know the activities of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because you will immediately question any doctrine that denies the Trinity. Because there are many false churches and false religions that deny this Trinity. Therefore, step one is to study the Bible and judge all teaching by what the scriptures say because folks let us not be mistaken God's holy word will always trump man's puffed up knowledge and I don't care how many seminary schools they have gone to how many masters of and and doctorate of divinities they have plastered up on their walls if they do not know the real Jesus Christ it was all for nothing they spent 
tens of thousands of dollars for nothing because Jesus told me in personal prayer and study time, he ain't in seminary school because why would he authorize any institution of learning to teach you the gospel when he done already sent us the Holy Spirit at a steep price. Sent the Holy Spirit to teach us the word of God for free. So that's the first red flag. You don't need to be in seminary to teach God's word. Once God puts his grace on your life, whether he called you to be an apostle, prophet, uh, uh, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, those are gifts. So whatever function he calls you to be in, as long as you have been truly born again and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you, you don't need no man to accreditate you when it comes to these holy scriptures. Oh, absolutely not. So you can have as much knowledge of the scriptures as that so-called pastor standing up there. But for the fact that he got on a costume with that collar and robe and that gold chain in the left pocket, you think that he knows more than you do. Meanwhile, all we got to do is study this word for ourselves and he too need to come on down off the pulpit and sit in these pews right along with the rest of the brethren. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So Jesus told us that a tree is recognized by its fruit. We see this in Matthew, in Matthew 12, verse 33, because yup, today is cracking open the Bible day. We must be face planted in these scriptures because how else are you going to spot the counterfeit if you don't know what the truth looks like amen so we ain't got time for anybody to be slipping us mickeys so when looking for fruit here are three specific tests to apply to any teacher okay any teacher, listen, never take, not my word, don't take my word for it, okay? We all need to go into the scriptures for ourselves to test anyone who is bringing us this word, who is teaching on this word, who is expounding on the scriptures. Uh-uh. No, we must know what what these scriptures have to say for ourselves. And that's why Jesus said a tree is recognized by its fruit. So look, three tests, three tests that you can apply to any teacher to determine the accuracy of his or her teaching. Number one, because I'm going to give you a three. Number one, what does this teacher say about Jesus? Because in Matthew 16, verse 15 to 16, Jesus asks, 
Who do you say I am? Peter answers, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And for this answer, Peter is called blessed. In in 2 John 9, we read, Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Amen. So my friend, in other words, in other words, Jesus Christ and his work of redemption is of utmost importance. Beware, be aware of anyone who denies that Jesus is equal with God. Be aware of anyone who who denies or downplays Jesus' sacrificial death or who rejects Jesus' humanity because 1 John 2 verse 22 says, Who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. So anybody that you are sitting up under, supposedly learning the scriptures, learning about God and Jesus, if they tell you that Jesus is not God, that he didn't come here in the body of flesh, and that he is not God's son, grab your hat, grab your coat, and you get from out from amongst them. Amen. Because just like this quote, and somehow, somewhere along the way, the church ran with it as if this was a biblical quote. How God supposedly had said that how he loves the sinner and hate the sin. God did not say that. Gandhi said that. Gandhi was a Hindu false god devil worshiper he said many things against christ namely how he how jesus was not the only son of god yeah look it up folks so gandhi said that because let us not be mistaken scripture after scripture and i have done a podcast i think of a, a few explaining how god does not love the wicked He does not know. He punishes the wicked. The book of Proverbs tells us that God loves those who love him, namely the righteous. If you reject his son, Jesus, who died on the cross and was buried and on the third day was raised from the grave. If you reject what Christ has done for you, namely save you from the coming wrath of holy God, if you reject the redemption and salvation plan of your 
creator, then what is left else for God to do with you? Because he done already sent Jesus. Jesus is the last sacrifice to be slain. There is no more sacrifice. So if you remain unrepentant, if you reject Jesus as Lord and Savior and don't accept him, and you die in your sins, you will go to a burning hell as you await the final judgment of Revelation 20. Listen, I keep telling y'all, and I will say this until either Jesus comes back or I go by the way of the grave. God ain't playing with that lake of fire and if these false pastors do not repent God will judge you so stop it so right number two because this is how you can recognize a false teacher and a false prophet number two does this teacher preach the gospel The gospel is defined as the good news concerning Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection according to the scriptures. Check out 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4. Paul tells us what the gospel is. And the gospel is not how God wants you to live your best life ever, contrary to the many such claims by these apostate if they were ever in Christ in the first place by these false teachers they would tell you without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus died so that you can be blessed with material wealth and that if you bring God 10% of your income he would give it back to you a hundredfold Folks, let me just tell you straight off before I go into a rant about how, no, absolutely not, we do not keep any of the 613 laws of Moses, and that includes tithing. Let me assure you, God is not going to give you money just because you give money to a local church. That is not how that works. We who are New Testament... New Covenant, blood-bought followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we give financially to a ministry with a cheerful heart as we feel moved by the Holy Spirit to give. If we are only moved to give a penny, then so be it. If we are moved to give a million dollars, then so be it. We want to help the church. In their missionary work with the expense that it, it, it costs to upkeep that brick and mortar building. Oh, absolutely. Listen, obviously we love to give money, right? So why are we giving it under the threat that God's going to get you or you are under God's curse? If you don't bring him his money because you know how y'all be robbing God and they love to pull out Old Testament scriptures, twist them into a pretzel to put the fear of God in you that you need to stop robbing him. 
And that if you return the money to him, that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so much that you won't have room enough for. And they love to beat you in the head with that Malachi 3 quote. Folks, all you have to do is read the book of Malachi for yourself. It is a short book. I think what, maybe four chapters? And in it, you will see for yourself, God was not talking to you. He wasn't even talking to the children of Israel. So, you know, he wasn't talking to the 21st century believer. No, he was talking to them corrupt priests. They were the ones who were robbing God of his types and offerings. And let's not be mistaken. It was never about currency. It was always about crops, food, fruits, and slaughtered, unblemished animals. Because see, what was happening was that the priests, because the Levitical priests, they were not given land. They were in charge of the temple. Everything associated with the temple, they were in charge of. So God commanded the, the rest of the tribes to give a tenth of their agriculture and to slaughter animals and sacrifice and the slaughtered animals that the priests can eat. The whole purpose, thank you, Holy Spirit, of the tithe in the first place was so that the priests can have something to eat because they didn't work. They didn't have jobs. They didn't own land. They were in charge of the temple. So in the temple was a storehouse and in the storehouse was where they kept the grains, the crops, the vegetables and whatnot. So what was happening was that They were, they were bringing God these sickly, lame, and blind animals to be offered up on the altar. Rather than the commandment that was given to bring unblemished, healthy animals to be slaughtered. So God was giving them the royal business. He was telling them, look, listen, okay, stop it. He was pronouncing judgment on them over there in Malachi 3. So for the life of me, how and why they would choose to pick that scripture out of all the other scriptures that they can twist. Why twist a judgment scripture? Because God was telling them, look, listen, because in the beginning they were doing the right thing. And he was saying, if you return back to me, if you go back to doing what was right, then I will return back to you. And if you would, and if you would start to bring the proper sacrifice, he said, test me in this and see when I open up the windows of heaven for you priests not for us that's sitting up in these churches of synagogue of satan that if we bring god currency that he would give it back to us a hundredfold please y'all don't get me started because it is a crying shame what these wolves and sheep clothing are doing to 
followers of Jesus who want to please God. And we were taught that we must tithe, that this is a requirement when you come to church. Because after all, how would the ministry stay open, if you will, if the people don't give give them money? Simple. Ask the people for donations. Tell them what the need is. Folks, we got a great big old hole in the in the church roof. And and it's going to cost us about $15,000 to get that repaired. Can you help? Of course the people are going to help, especially if you bring in them the full counsel of the word of God. You are exhorting them to come out of sin, stay out of sin. You bring in down the hammer and you preach it on God's love because God's love is to tell people to repent. Otherwise, you will go to a burning hell. So you don't have to manipulate the scriptures. You don't have to twist them. You don't have to deceive the people. Simply ask for a donation. The reason why they don't want to ask for a donation <clears throat> because, number one, they they will be held accountable because obviously if it's raining in the sanctuary, the money did not go towards the roof. And number two, they use that tithe to build their empires for their lands, their cars, their homes to keep their first lady drenched in all of the late latest fashions. Now, these false teachers cannot any longer be living high on the hog through the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed. Folks, listen, I have done many, many teachings on whether or not we have to keep any of those Old Testament laws. Jesus put an end to the Old Testament by dying on the cross. And the problem is you don't know what dispensation you are in. You can't be in two covenants at the same time. Just like you can't be in two marital covenants at the same time. This is why, listen, if y'all want to be freed from the, the curse, as they say, of the law of Moses, you want to be free from whether or not you got to keep the law. You want to be free from whether or not you are under God's curse. Read Galatians chapters 2 three and five re Romans read the new testament it makes it clear how we are under grace because they love to hyper grace everything then on the and then on the same token want to put you back up under the laws of Moses because in Romans I believe Paul tells us without a shadow of a doubt, you, you keep one of them laws, you must keep them all. Otherwise, you are back up under God's curse. That's when you are under God's curse because you are trying to keep something that was never given to the Gentiles in the first place. I'm telling y'all, don't get me started. So let's get back to this list because that's the problem. 
we are not studying these words, these, these, these scriptures. Let me calm down. We are not studying these scriptures for ourselves. That is why we sit up under under all of these damnable doctrines of devils, not knowing that we are being spoon-fed the garbage. So, number two, like I was saying, does this teacher preach the gospel? Because, see, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is all about shouting the good news that God has made a way. He has made a way for a sinful man to be reconciled back to himself. And that is through, and that is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And when his blood was shed on the mercy seat of God, Jesus made atonement for our sins. No longer do we have to answer answer the penalty for our sins. Jesus is the mediator. He took the penalty of death, which was rightly due to us because we sinned against holy God. Jesus' message when he was walking on this earth was to repent. Turn from your wickedness and turn back to God. His message was not how you can live your best life ever. That how you can have all the cars and the houses and the jobs and the all this abundance of wealth. That's not the gospel. Oh, it sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds good that once you have been saved, you will always be saved. And that how you can't out God's good grace. Because at the end of the day, so they say, you will still get to go to heaven because you believe on Jesus. Well, what about the part about turning from your sins? Yes, we are to believe on Jesus as Lord and Savior. Absolutely. But guess what? Repentance is also a key part to the salvation message. They don't want to talk about repentance because repentance deals with the fact that you got to come up out of your sins and start naming them. They don't want to offend anyone. Why? Because when they make people squirm in, in them pews, guess what? He ain't coming back next week. Oh, she ain't coming back next week. And if they can't count on your membership, then they can't count on your money. And that's the bottom line because they could care two flips about your soul and how do I know this? Because they keep preaching the false doctrine of tithing every single day, every single week, putting you back up under God's curse. And they could drag out Hebrews talking about um, Melchizedek and Abraham until they are blue in the face. That was just an accounting of a story about Abraham coming back from a, a, a victory in battle and he ran into Melchizedek. The reason why Melchizedek was even spoken of 
in Hebrews 7 was because the writer was talking about Jesus being the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And because the Bible doesn't give us a lot of information about Melchizedek, it uh, recounted this story about how when Abraham was on his way back from a victory in battle, ran into Melchizedek. Melchizedek gave Abraham a blessing and Abraham gave him a tenth of the spoils. And then it was talking about how the Levitical priesthood was in Abraham's loins, right? Because eventually the 12 tribes of, of Israel, Israel will will come out from Abraham and that and then it was talking about tithing there but nowhere no way was the writer of Hebrews given a doctrine that we must now start tithing I'm telling you they cherry picked that because if once a person had enough sense to be like, wait a minute, uh-uh, we are not under the Old Testament. We are, we are in the New Testament and the New Testament doesn't say we must tithe. Oh yes, yeah, see, over here in Hebrews 7, it talks about Melchizedek and, and Abraham giving him a tithe. So what? That don't mean that we are commanded to tithe just because they mentioned the word tithing. Yo, listen, we must wake up. We must wake up because I too was duped. I turned the pages to Malachi. I turned the pages to a Hebrews. And yeah, I see it mentions tithing. So you right, pastor. Yeah, you right. Let, let me continue to write these checks. Folks. These charlatans bank on the fact that we won't read these scriptures in context. We won't. And we don't. It's obvious we don't. Because if we do, then we would debunk it every single time they talk. They talk about, well, are you ready to, to put up your first fruit offering? That too is a false doctrine. Let me just stick with today's lesson because it all encompass the nonsense and the foolishness that's going on in these modern churches and that's why we must be able to spot them red flag number one before they even open their mouths about the gospel about any doctrine if that church practices tithing that's an apostate church or simply it may be a false church altogether. That man figured out, oh, I can make some money in church business. All he got to do is slap a sign on the front door, put on a three-piece monkey suit and have a bucket. That's it. And, and and quote a few scriptures, get a nice organ player, get a nice choir with, with half-naked ladies on the praise team. Oh, he's in business. Yeah, he's in business. So yeah, we need to know how to spot them a mile away. So listen, right, they must preach the gospel because as nice as they sound, about these statements, oh, God loves you, God wants us to feed the hungry, and God wants you to be wealthy, are not the complete message of the gospel. 
as Paul as Paul warns and 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 calm down, Cynthia. Calm down. Y'all gotta understand how long I was sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel. And my whole takeaway was, you mean to tell me you loved money so much, so bad you had to have it, that you didn't care that I was on the road back to hell and you didn't care about that? Yeah, so I feel some kind of way. And so when I see scriptures, how we are to mark and avoid them, oh yeah. Oh, it was a blessing the day God gave me the mandate to speak on church corruption and to preach and teach on repentance. Amen. And and I believe that God is raising up his messengers, his orators to go out and preach the truth because these churches ain't doing it. Amen. So Paul warns in Galatians 1 7. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Amen. Because, folks, no one, not even a great preacher, has the has the right to change the message that God gave us. Paul says, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Amen. Number three, right? Because I'm giving us, bravely, we didn't forget because, yeah, I go off on these tangents for a reason. For a reason, because I love you and I don't want to see see you deceived. And I am totally on board with Jesus' recovery mission of the lost and to wake up the deceived believer who, who are being led astray by the false church. So, yeah, I get riled up with righteous indignation so y'all could scream about oh leave the teachers alone y'all just need to pray for them no that's not what god told us to do he said to mark and avoid them that means point them out expose them identify who they are and then avoid them altogether because all they coming with is fine speeches looking to feed their own bellies they are looking to get paid at your spiritual demise so no i will never stop talking against the false church amen with all their doctrines of devils i can't begin to tell you how the holy spirit woke up my eyes so hard to the many the plethora of false doctrines and I'm like wait a minute so I'm reading scriptures you know I'm in study minding my own business not even thinking about these wolves right and then I come across a scripture that the wolf at the local church Creflo Dollar gave us a scripture called it a money blessing scripture 
And come to find out it had nothing to do with financial wealth, gain, prosperity, nothing. Because all we had to do was read like two verses above and we could see, oh, this is a judgment scripture. How, how, how did he get a blessing scripture out of this? Only because maybe it mentioned something about um, being, being prospered. <sighs> Number three. Let's move this train along. Does this teacher exhibit character, character qualities that glorify the Lord? Hmm. Or, or is he one of those, one of those charlatans in a three-piece suit that that drives up to the church house every week in a stretch limousine or expensive SUV, Land Rover, uh, uh, Cadillac. Meanwhile, the majority of the congregants are coming in on the bus. So is his, does he exhibit any characteristics, any qualities that glorify the Lord? Is he sleeping around with everybody in the church, both men and women these days? Because you can't call it. Um, is he? Does he have this angry temper in the pulpit, throwing pot shots at the church leaders and the congregants? Like, is he smoking cigarettes, smoking cigars, smoking pipes? Like. What you doing, pastor? Hmm. Is he doing anything to glorify the Lord in his language and, and speech and, and behaviors? Because Jesus says, look at that fruit, how they live in. Because see, they can talk, talk, talk all day long. But how are they walking, walking, walking? Yeah. Mm hmm. So Jude, speaking of false teachers, Jude 11 says, they have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's era. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Folks, in other words, a false teacher can be known by his pride. Like Cain's rejection of God's plan, greed, like Balaam's prophesying for money and rebellion, like Korah's promotion of himself over Moses, Jesus said to be aware of such people and that we would know them by their fruits. Matthew seven fifteen to 20 talks all about it. So we do know this, okay? It is. It is often difficult to spot a false teacher or false prophet because Satan masquerades as an angel of light and his ministers masquerade as servants of righteousness. Yeah, read that in 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen, because only being thoroughly familiar with with the truth of the word of God, are we going to be able to spot these charlatans? So we must not allow ourselves to be deceived. So we're going to look at some scriptures and this is going to be the close. 
right? Because I said enough for today. I'll be back with more. I'll be back with more because see, people who have been heavily indoctrinated will scoff at this teaching and call this judging. That you must get the plank out of your eyes before you go for the speck in your brother's eyes. And Jesus never told us to judge. That right there speaks volumes. Yeah, Jesus told us, right, don't judge as long, do not judge. As long as you got that plank up in your eye, keep your mouth shut. But if you are not in sin and you see the corruption that's going on with your brother, speak on it. He told us to judge righteously, meaning don't be hypocrites. Don't be a hypocrite, but then you want to turn around and, and, and tell someone else about the very sin you are in, but you're going to tell somebody else about their sins. Yeah, don't judge. Right. But if you are, if you are abiding in Christ Jesus and you see corruption, speak on it. Oh, absolutely speak on it. Because if you don't, then people will continue to this day. Sit up under the likes of Joe Osteen, Joyce Meyer, Bishop T.D. Jakes, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Jesse DePlantis, Paula White, and the lot. Okay, Bill Johnson, Rick Warren, all of them all across this nation. They all in it for the money. So what? They talk a good game. So what? They got a horrible backstory. Join the club. We all got horrible backstories, but we are not trying to peddle this gospel with, with, with our unbiblical, heretical books and CDs and DVDs, not to mention exorbitant registration fees to go somewhere to be fed more nonsense and garbage absolutely not so galatians 1 this letter is from paul an apostle i was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority but by jesus christ himself and by god the father who raised jesus from the dead amen all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of galatia May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Folks, there is only one good news. One. Paul says in verse 6 of Galatians 1, I am shocked. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it is not good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately 
twist the truth concerning Christ. Amen. See, I'm not making this rant up for nothing. It's true. It is true. We are being fooled by those who deliberately, on purpose, with malice intent, because they can't tell me nothing different, deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Verse 8, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news the gospel, then the one we preach to you. I say again, what we have said before, if anyone, Paul is like, I'm going to say it again. If anyone preaches any other good news, preaches any other gospel, then the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If, if pleasing people were my goal, no, were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Amen. Because Paul's message comes from Christ. Dear brothers, verse 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source. Paul is like, listen, I ain't go to seminary school. Okay. I got it straight from Jesus himself. He says, I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. Amen. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then, then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time, at that time, was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. Amen. 
1 John 3. Yeah, we need to get these scriptures down so that we are not deceived by anyone who claims I went to seminary. I am to be called Dr. Reverend Minister Pete. No, you need to sit down and go away quietly to your Arabia so that you can get direct revelation from Jesus, the Holy Spirit, from God the Father. Because you talking about seminary school is going right over my head because I know Jesus ain't in seminary. And Paul just finished telling us he didn't go anywhere to be taught by mere men. No, he got this revelation straight from the Lord himself. First John 3, let me see how we doing on time. Okay, yeah, cutting it close as always. Anyway, First John 3. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children. Why? Because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But... We do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. Verse 4, everyone who sins is breaking God's law. And that's a fact, folks, for all for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. Folks, I'm giving us these scriptures so we can know what the true gospel is. It is all about Jesus taking away our sins. He did not die on the cross for your healing, for your for your wealth and for you to be blessed and have your best life. No, I'm going by the Holy Spirit over these scriptures so we can know what this good news is. And it ain't got nothing to do with your types and offerings. Okay. And verse five of what's this first, first John. Yep. First John three. And you know. That Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Amen. So let us go to Second Peter 2, my all-time favorite, because, hold on, I want to I wanna give us real quick before I get to Second Peter, Second John 1, down here in verse 7. I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. 
Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. Amen. And look, John was like in verse 10, if anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such a person becomes a partner in their evil work. Amen. So y'all can sit back and and want to defend and honor all these false teachers if you want to where there's a penalty. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their work. And you don't want to do that because look, Second Peter 2, okay? Y'all want to keep standing up un- underneath these false teachers and we keep exhorting and telling you all to stop it? Okay, Second Peter 2. Hold on, let me, here we go. But there were also false prophets in Israel. Just as there will be false teachers among you, they will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Mm-hmm. So y'all want to take part in this sudden destruction? Come out from amongst them. Verse 2. Many, here we go, many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. Listen, these false teachers are steeped in sin. That is why Paul was telling Timothy about how a time will come where people will turn from sound doctrine. They're not going to want to hear how you need to repent and stop sinning and cut it out. Nope. They will find them a false teacher who will smile in their face, stroke their egos, talk about how God got the best for you. He's opening up new doors. He's giving you a new purpose. This is your year and all the foolishness while you are still in sin. And that's who they will run to. Heaping upon themselves teachers who are in as much sin as they are in. Uh uh-uh. uh. So many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, okay, Peter is telling us because of these false teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. Slander. They are not coming with the truth. They are looking to cut it up in pieces and slander it, trampling over the blood of Jesus. Look, in their greed, because that's the bottom line. They can sit up there all they want, being prolific until the cows come home. The truth of the matter is in their greed. They will make up clever lies to get a to get a hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago and 
and their destruction will not be delayed. For God did not spare even the angels. I'm going to read all of all of uh, chapter 2. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until, until the day of judgment. And God did not spare. I'm telling y'all, God ain't playing with that lake of fire on judgment day. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with the vast flood people. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of some out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Amen. Me too. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all the shameful immorality that is going on in the false church. Talking about they are preaching Jesus and the gospel. No, you are not. Let me, let me come on down here. Verse 10. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. These people, okay, these people, these false charlatans are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff as supernatural beings without so much as trembling talking about i rebuke you satan i plead the blood of jesus i rebuke you devil what we are folks that's another false doctrine we are not called to rebuke the devil only the lord read the book of jude it tells us we listen we don't rebuke the devil that is the lord the lord rebukes satan so they up here scoffing mocking the devil don't even know what you're doing trying to sound all spiritual and religious as if you got this handle on the devil. Well, if that's the case, then why are you still in sin, pastor? Why are you still sleeping around with everybody but your first lady? Why are you still stealing and robbing and fleecing God's people? If you got a handle on the devil, stop it. You need to repent. Yeah. So, these people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. But the angels, who are far greater in power and strength, do not dare to bring the Lord a charge of blasphemy against those supernatural beings. 
Peter is basically saying even the angels who are much stronger got enough sense not to rebuke supernatural beings. Verse 12, 2 Peter 2. These false teachers are like unthinking animals. Mm-hmm. Creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed. Look at the language that Peter, by the Holy Spirit, is letting us know who these false teachers are and what their characteristics are. They scoff at things they do not understand. And like animals, they will be destroyed. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love, listen, listen and listen up. They love to indulge in every, no, they love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. In broad daylight, they are a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception, even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals. They sitting up at your dinner table, deceiving you at your dinner table. They commit adultery with their eyes And their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin. And guess what? They are well trained in greed. Question on the floor. Where are they getting this well training uh, in greed from? Seminary schools. Other wolves, they run around in packs, folks. Yeah, they do. From one conference to the next. They live under God's curse. They, they have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. But Balaam was stopped. From his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with a human voice. Folks, these people are as useless as dried up springs or as mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed. Do you not understand the language? The Holy Spirit says they are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted sexual desires. They lure, they lure back into sin, back into sin, back into sin. Those who have barely By the skins of their teeth. Barely. Escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom. Yeah. Today is your blessing day. I got a word from the Lord. That 2022 is your year of blessing. You are free. Really? 
but I'm still in sin. I'm still smoking these cigarettes. I'm still smoking weed. I'm still drinking alcohol like a fish. I still don't know how to cover up my body, Pastor. So you mean tell me that God got a blessing for me in 2022? You're a liar. You're a liar. Because the scripture is telling us they promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. Where do you think I'm getting this from? I'm getting it from the word of God. Now that I know, because they would never point to 2 Peter 2, because they would swell, they will, they will swear out. It's not talking about them. And the the irony of it all is that they have the nerve on on a rare occasion to talk about a false teacher as if they themselves are not one of the pack <laughs> ridiculous yep they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption for you are a slave to whatever controls you and this is the final close verse 20 and having said all of that, when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better, the Bible says, if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life well they proved the proverb uh they they proved the truth of the proverb this proverb a dog returns to his vomit and another that says a wash pig returns to the mud Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you so much for this word today. Thank you for opening up our eyes. May we no longer as your people be deceived. Lord Jesus, you were absolutely right when you prophesied that before you come, there will be many false Christs and false messiahs coming messiahs coming in your name claiming there he is he over there wanting us to go to and fro and fro running behind these false gospels god forbid that we will continue to sit up under another wolf in sheep's clothing thank you father for this word today i give you glory i give you praise thank you for sending the holy spirit Thank you for sending Jesus to die for our sins so that we don't face your wrath to come. I give you all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, there we go. Another one in the can. Repent because I'm running out of time. Believe. Believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Turn from your sins and turn back to God. Why? Bad company. Talking about these false teachers. Corrupt good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. Lord willing. Until next time. I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. 
guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.